Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Here we go. You're not going to see this, but I'll send you a photo of what we have. I'll send you. I'll send you this of what I, of what I'm working on over here. What I got going I'm gonna on. I'm going to send you a picture of what I would buy you for Christmas if I was going to buy you anything. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that what that's about. That was that was so spiteful in a way that I don't quite understand. Hang on, I'm almost I'm sending you the photo. Hang on, here we go. I'm not feeling spiteful, other than the fact that I'm running low on coffee. Amos, I'm on my third cup. It's a bad day. Right? Maybe we should start out the day where I just stand here and make a pour over near the microphone. This is what I'm drawing currently <laughs> on my on my iPad. All right, and I'm going to describe it for everybody. It's it's just it's it's coming in. It's very rough, very early, very early. So we uh, we have a pretty nice map going with uh, one, two, three, four, well, this is five a, just, ish uh, mountain just ranges. Bringing in the mountain ranges first. You got to set the yeah. There, you got to have other good. stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is the mount. This is the world map for my homebrew D and D campaign setting. I I'm enjoying it. There's a few cities in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An island off to the side. Yeah, it's got it's got it's got a you lot know, going on. It's got a lot going on. One of my favorite things about maps for role-playing games and is that when you draw the entire world, almost all of them are way closer to Pangea than we are here. Like everybody draws like one, maybe two big continents and a couple islands. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. As far as I'm concerned, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, there's only so much time in the day. And Fair. I've been, it's taken a long time to draw what I have. Anyway, we shouldn't talk about this. No one's going to see it. <laughs> well, that's why I tried to describe it. It was beautiful. It was a well done map. It looked like a cartographer. I need, it's, it's not quite. It's, listen, but, everyone needs an escape. <laughs> From this, right. from the the fresh hell that is every single day. So, how deep do you get into this? Do you start like worrying about weather and like how the mountains yeah. affect weather? Sure. And, Why not? Man, if it's thematically appropriate, it. if it's thematically yeah. interesting, it's all about the narrative, Amos. That's true. That's true. And, but but you got to make it feel real too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to make it feel lived in. Anywho, so that's been what I've been doing. Um, because to do I'm still anything waiting else, for you to invite me to play. I did invite you to play, but to do anything else would be to invite madness. To so you told me you would you would talk to the team, I did. the group, and see if I could. But then you never invited. Well, me. I was just hoping you'd read between the lines. At that I, point, I assume they said no, <laughs> and I point. moved on. <laughs> I didn't want to say no. I understand. I understand. No, I mean, you know, listen, it's going to happen at some point. We'll make it happen. At some point. So I, I was I'm closing the tabs. The other day. I'm closing all the tabs. Yes. Talk, talk to me That's about an elixir related subject. <sighs> okay. Um, tangentially elixir, like most things. Um, Amos, take the wheel. So, so you're writing this D and D world. Um, I assume it has time in it. Yes. And I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going. So, I was rereading the hybrid logical clock page the other day. Yes. And I just like, I'm reading it on this thing. It sounds too good to be true. Right. It like, is because it is spelling out how many awesome things. And then you said, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably is. And, and yes, I agree with that, but you alluded to some issues with a hybrid logical clock. 
And I was just curious what, what those issues were that you, you had in your head. Sure. Yeah. We can talk about this. Do you want to like elucidate what our, (laughs) what a hybrid logical clock is to our audience? Sure. Uh, I, I just have to say elucidate cracks me up because I'm taking a great courses plus thing on expanding your vocabulary. So oh. uh, you, you always keep me on my toes. Is that, that is the great courses plus course doing this podcast with me? Um, n- no. Okay. Maybe, well. maybe we should. You're, you're supplemental to the course. I'm I pretty see. sure. I'm pretty sure he I'm mentions like the, uh, elixir like, outlaws, but but don't listen to that Amos guy because he never has any good vocabulary. So Make it's sure it's it's like it. it's like you're studying a foreign language, and then you're doing an immersion. That's course. right. That's right. I get it. Yeah, for sure. You gotta you want to you you gotta get the native dialect. <laughs> you can you know how to conjugate, but you don't know all the slang. Right. I get it. Right. All the colloquialisms. Especially when you start when you start dropping slang, then I'm really lost. Um mm-hmm. same. I just I just same girl, same. I just asked my daughter, I'm like, what does Keithley mean? <laughs> she fills me in. All right. So hybrid logical clock. Okay. So yeah. I, I think that we've talked enough on here about how time is problematic in a distributed system in mm-hmm. ordering things. Um I I'll start out is recently I was trying to analyze some logs and get an order of events and really never trust time is is what uh, what what the theme of this is but we had events that looked and at first glance I even was like whoa wait a second and then I re- you know remembered never trust time but we had events that we had an end event before we had the start event cuz there was no there were supposed to be events in between it's like hey I need a sync okay sync is over but because they hit two different servers, those mm-hmm. events, mm-hmm. we had a sync over before the sync. So for a moment, you know, you have this flash of, oh, my God, what did we break? How did this happen? And then when you look at the timestamps and they're like 100 milliseconds apart, that's not insignificant in computer time. But it's pretty mm-hmm. normal for NTP to drift, um, especially right. if you have like different data centers going on. So their hybrid logical clock is one solution to that you i mean Mm -hmm. you could have message counters and just count things that's still called a clock but a hybrid logical clock combines the ideas of uh in a in a way the ideas of a counter and the ideas of a clock and then also uses the or the idea of a clock physical time like real Mm -hmm. world time like when you look at your watch you don't look at oh it's third event of the day you look at time that kind of time so it combines the two of those wall clock there you go thank you so it combines the two of those, but also has a mechanism for dealing with drift to try to kind of come up with like a, a sync between disparate systems um, so that you can still order events by this time clock, wall clock, and and it be in order. Right. Hopefully. Real, real time order. Yeah. We needed to. So we needed to find some terms. All right. Because when you say in order, boy, is that <laughs> loaded, right? That right. brings to mind all sorts of connotations. Can, can we skip the physics part of it, though? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. But I want to crazy. Let's get let's get 
listen, Amos, let's get down to business. So distributed systems are fundamentally they're concurrency problems. Mm -hmm. It's a problem of concurrency and it's, made worse by the fact that it's much harder to distribute systems as we kind of know them today, right? Uh, it's made worse by the fact that we're going over networks and we're doing all this, but it's fundamentally a concurrency problem. What is the fundamental, I'm going to ask you that we're going to, we're going to be Socratic. What's the fundamental problem with concurrency? Really knowing when things are concurrent. Right. And if you're competing, if you have multiple actors attempting to compete over a resource and change that thing in some way what's the problem like what's a race condition at its at its base at its sort of fundamental what's the fundamental problem of a race condition uh really who got who who acted first yes exactly a hundred percent yes it's an ordering problem concurrency problems outside of uh pervasive issues such as deadlocks right there's there's a there's a whole class of issues with with concurrency but the most nefarious are ordering problems and they're nefarious because they don't deadlock they're nefarious because it's something that is non-obvious mm -hmm. so if you've got a database and you're storing data in it and you've got multiple different writers competing on the same bit of resource uh, they can do operations out of order, and if you don't notice it, if you're not analyzing your data, you can be really, really screwed because you don't know what's happened. It's hard to figure out the lineage of of operations that have that have that have occurred on that piece of state. Somewhere. So let's let's put it in like a really basic, contrived, real world example. But uh, your bank account, mm -hmm. right? This is not how they work typically but right uh yeah turns out bank accounts are always the example and it's always wrong well because it's not how <laughs> because the, because the metaphors are always bad right because it turns out banks actually solve this problem and they don't and they're not acid compliant <laughs> true they well and a lot of them wait until the end of the day and then they do all deposits and all all withdrawals but right if if they were trying to be real time mm -hmm. um then you have if you don't know what order the withdrawal and the deposit happened, you could have deposited and then withdrawn. But when the system receives those messages, they might get the withdrawal first. And now you're over your limit, right? You can't withdraw right. something right. like that. Another example that I think is slightly more accurate is, or not accurate, but it's a little more telling is let's say you unfriend someone on a social site, you comment about them, so they shouldn't be able to see it anymore. And then you friend them again. If you get the order of those things wrong, that has repercussions on your users. Data problems are 100% the most damaging thing. People people don't, I don't think, think about this enough. But in terms of like your business, data problems are, are easily the most potentially damaging operations to get wrong to your business, to the fundamentals of your business. But all that to say, ordering is really hard. And when you talk about ordering, there's actually well-defined, well, I say well-defined, there's actually defined, not always well-understood, well-understood by, by practitioners, but there are well-defined strictness levels, let's say, 
when it comes to ordering operations. Mm -hmm. So if every operation that ever occurs in your system, if you can guarantee that it all happens in the order that it happens in and you always write things correctly into the in the order that happens in, that is way stricter than saying something a little more hand-wavy like these two operations that are related, this one caused this one, right? Those are different yep. strictness levels because one of those things, in, in one case, you're talking about two independent operations, right? You're talking about two... Two isolated events in a in a sea of other events, and those two things are causal. But you don't know anything else. You know that those two things are causal. You know that this happened before HB happened before this other thing, but you don't know anything else about it. You don't know where where in the world those two things occurred. Mm-hmm. Versus, I know where every single event occurred, and I can prove it. Those are different things, and they have. Depending on what you choose, they have consequences. Right. So all this to say, there's this, in order to combat the concurrency problem of ordering, there's a family of algorithms and data structures, because it's always algorithms and data structures, that provide a way to deal with ordering. And databases use these sorts of things internally, especially, you know, databases that have, that distribute load across a cluster and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, just your, your Postgres, your Postgres has the, uh, has notions of ordering inside of it. That's what all those transaction levels are about. You know, that's what all those isolation levels are about. It's about ensuring ordering of events takes place in the right order. And so when you pick an isolation level, right, or you pick the level that you're going to set your transaction to, you're, that's why it's called strict strict serializability. You know what I mean? It's like because that's the that's the term for it, right? And that's that's what you're getting at the heart of, right? You're getting at this notion of these events are ordered. I should not be able to see things that happened simultaneous to me or before me or after me or whatever, right? And you're dealing with all that sort of stuff. So there's a whole family of algorithms around this. And in a distributed systems context, uh, this goes back to Lamport. Uh, as as most things do, good old Leslie. Yeah, and and in the no, and the his notion of what is now termed Lamport clocks, mm-hmm. and a Lamport just, clock is just a counter, right? Is a it's it's a vector, right? Or it's yeah. a it's a it's a yeah, it's a counter that. Oh, and I always get confused. I always have to go back and reread this. What the the yeah, Lamport clocks are just a counter, and then you've got vector clocks, which are uh, a vector of counters. Um, but like one for each system. Yeah. That you and the have. notion is every node, uh, the notion of a vector clock is easy to explain the very highly naive algorithm and they're hard to implement in practice. Um, right. cause garbage collection is a thing, but the notion is that you have every node gets its own counter, which is its representation of the state at that point in time. And mm-hmm. when they share them around, they, you have a way to reconcile that. So you can say, well, this person has these counters. This is, and you have to reconcile, like, when we were at this counter, we agreed on this version of the state and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And like, right. and that's how you maintain the clock. So using vector clocks, um, the issue that pops into my head immediately is like, so if I, I have A sends off events, so you have A1, right? And maybe B and C both res- do something with that. So you get mm-hmm. A1, B1, and A1, mm-hmm. C1. And now you don't know 
between those two, you don't know ordering necessarily. So you have to pick. And then also, if you get large systems, you have so many things in the vector that your storage for right. passing a vector clock is huge. Yes, right. If you have if you have 100 nodes, you need 100 things. And if those nodes come and go, you need a way to identify which nodes came and went. You need to be able to distribute that around the cluster. And everybody knows they can garbage collect old nodes out of the vector, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's all really hard. Right. Um, Too many problems. But those... <laughs> It, it can't be done. There are algorithms to do it. I think so. I mean, this is out of my area of um, it's it's far enough out of my area of expertise that I I've failed to I, 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 I struggle to explain it in ways that probably make sense auditorially. Like I could draw you pictures of it on a on a whiteboard and it might make more sense. We, we should do that up a, a mime cast sometime where we just don't talk for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, this is outside of my wheelhouse just enough. Um, it's out of my brain just enough that I don't know that I can speak totally intelligently about these algorithms anymore. But all that suffice to say, I think dotted version vectors are still the go-to for vector clocks at the moment. Um, and I think that's what uh, React used to achieve causal delivery. Mm-hmm. Of because they needed call. I'm I'm totally forgetting this. Sean will be able to tell me all the things I'm getting wrong about this. But if I'm but uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Sean, Sean who Sean who uh, friend of the show Sean uh, is going to yeah oh, okay <laughs> would have to he, all those folks would be able to explain it to me better. But like uh, if I remember correctly, because Erlang does not have does not support out of the box causal delivery, meaning and I'm failing to explain this correctly, but it's it's uh, essentially you need a you need a way to to fake causal delivery and further or SWAT CRDT thing to work, and so they had to use I think they used dotted version vectors for that. I'm forgetting some of this stuff, but in any case, so those are a very those have a higher level of ordering guarantee, right? They're a stricter ordering guarantee than the paper you're looking at which is uh, hybrid logical clocks. Mm-hmm. Hybrid logical clocks, they take a superposition on NTP clock timestamps, and they basically chop like the, the, the last bits off of the, of the clock, of the mm-hmm. physical wall clock, uh, known as physical time in the, in the liter- literature, and instead place upon it a logical timestamp. So you have, you know... It starts at zero zero, and then as you broadcast these clocks around the cluster, they have a way to merge on top of themselves, so that you're always incrementing the clock itself. Great. And once you roll over the physical time, so any events that occur at the same physical time, according to the clock, the the, the wall clock, those are all treated as like this happened at the same moment in time. And then you have logical time that attempts to give you a reasonable ordering of events. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting, though, that that ordering events is not causal. It's only not across the cluster. It's causal per box. It's causal per node. But so not it's still, it's on a still cluster-wide best, scale. It, it, it's still kind of a best guess on yes. yeah. when things happen in what order. 
So you can yep. have two of them that have the same stamp and you're just got to be like, mm-hmm. they just pick and then you pick. And then you yeah. also don't know what happened. Happened before just means happened before doesn't mean happened before. The, mm-hmm. So the, the takeaway from all this is that if you, you know, what you know, if you have two clocks that, that, you know, if you have an ordering, what you know of, of events, what you know is those events either happened before or they happened at precisely the same time. Right. And we don't know. And we just But you know that. they didn't happen after. But you uh from what I remember. Yes. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying there's yeah. three three Yes. Uh, it either it most likely came before s- or it happened at the exact same time. Right. But yeah, it didn't happen after. Th- three properties, yeah. Yeah. So that's what you get with a hybrid logical clock. It also has limitations in that the hybrid logical clock, if if NTP does drift outside of a maximum window, you stop making logical, you stop making progress. You refuse to create a new timestamp, a new clock. Oh, I didn't realize it refused. Well, I mean, that's the, the that's the that's the trade-off, right? Is like it requires you to be within at least some reasonable bounds. Right? Yeah. And it's and, and it's and that and that's like I'm making that more uh, dramatic than it sounds because it's it's only if it reverses. Like it can only ever make forward progress. Okay. So if it skips ahead, that's fine. But it can't go backwards. Yeah, and you and and that works, and that works because of their merging algorithm. So the and idea you, is that you, you get to you pick send this tolerance. stuff. Yeah, and and you send this stuff around, and then the all the nodes eventually get all these new clocks like disseminated to them periodically mm-hmm. um, by each other. They all send them around to the other the other nodes, and then you do this merging operation where you split apart the bytes, and you take physical time, and you take logical time and then there's a merging operation and the algorithm is actually like really trivial like the pseudocode for it's two lines of code oh yeah it was, uh, it was time like you pick the max of the physical time yeah and then the max plus one of the logical time and put them together yeah and the nice and, thing is is the same number of bits as ntp time so yep. then you can you can do that what i i found useful is that i can have i can progress toward it by yes. having uh, some of my systems are still straight NTP mm-hmm. and I don't have like with a vector clock, I got to get everybody on it before it's right. that useful where this, I can, I can slowly evolve my system is why I went toward the hybrid logical clock. Mm-hmm. But then you said there are problems and I was like, uh Oh, well there are, I mean, it's, it's, but there's, this is the nature of distributed systems, right? Is that there are always trade-offs. There's always mm-hmm. constraints around this stuff. And that's partially because like the only way to solve these problems is to bound them. Like that's the takeaway of harvest and yield. Like that's the takeaway mm-hmm. of cap is that these problems are bounded necessarily because if you don't bound the problem, you literally can't solve all of it. Right. It is not physically possible to solve all of it. And people get hung up on cap and like people get hung up on the idea that like, oh, you just can't have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the people get people get hung up on all this sort of stuff. But like if you don't do anything to bound the problem, you do end up in the situation where it's like, well, you can't solve it. You can't solve. You can't make a CAP system. Mm-hmm. So like you do run up, a, not not with one primitive, right? You can make something that that pretends to be a CAP system. Right? right? Like you can make something that that lives on that spectrum, right? The harvest and yield spectrum. But you can't have it all. And so 
yeah, the problems are necessarily bounded. So like dotted version vectors are way more complicated. And they're and and like they have to. It's an algorithm that has to exist because you have to solve all the problems with vector clocks in the naive implementation of it, right? You have to garbage collect it eventually. Hybrid logical right. clocks, you don't have to garbage collect. There's no bounding, like or rather, they're already bounded, so you don't have to do anything about that. The bounding also presents bits. a problem. Yeah, the bounding <laughs> also presents a problem because eventually you run out of logical time. Right. Well, yeah. What if in the same second you have two thousand events? Well, yeah, with the you run out adding of logical time on your, you're like, well, I can't, I can't handle this. It's actually much more than that, but yeah, it's like many, many, many more events that you'd have to, you'd have to create. But like, but yeah, they, but point, but like, but your point stands, which is like, yeah, if you have more than a hundred thousand events, you know, you're gonna run out of logical time. So, how do you deal this with this in a system where maybe you have an endpoint? that runs in some sort of offline mode because is there and then syncs back up later mm-hmm. and it's collecting events even when it's offline is there is there some kind of clock that you think works well there because well, the hybrid logical clock HLCs, at that point it's not receiving events very very often right no, I, just I think can't. hlc's actually do work with that still Okay. Uh, HLCs are actually very good at being able to handle like bursty sort of like syncing operations like that Okay. The other thing that we do, so, okay. And also I should make it clear, like these trade-offs are known things and you have to just pick, you have to make those sorts of choices, right? That doesn't mean that they're the wrong option. We use these at Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. We use, we tag every event, everything with an HLC. And they're working, it's working pretty well for us. Like, you know, you, you, there are problems. There are things to be aware of. But it's more like there's things to be aware of with all this stuff. So you need to just like pick the thing that makes the most sense. And for our operations, like that made the most sense. Are you still using the are you using the tonic yep. systems HLC? Yep. 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 Absolutely. That, that, that library, I think, like if if you don't know what an HLC is and you don't want to read a white paper, the white paper is going to give you a lot of information. But if you go look mm-hmm. at that library, it's uh, super straightforward. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You, it's you'll, really, you'll really straightforward. See it. Yeah. Ours is slightly modified. That HLC library is slightly modified in that it also adds a unique, uh, essentially a node name, but it's not the node name. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a unique crypto secure set of bits. It basically adds more entropy to the name and that makes them unique. And because they're unique or it, yeah, it is, it, as long as you never have a collision in those crypto secure bits across your cluster, then it's unique. So that is again a thing to be aware of. So do you use that for ordering? Yeah, that's the final tiebreaker for ordering is the okay. node name. But more importantly, it provides a unique ID, and they're still lexically ordered. Do you jam so, that into the sixty-four bits? Are yeah. you like no? Oh. It's we extend it. We just add we just add extra bits to the end. Okay, of it. okay. So it's no longer straight NTP compatible yes. at that point. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so we that give was up your that. trade-off there. We give up that, but we now we haven't we haven't a hybrid unique logical clock. Is but if idea. everybody's using that, then you don't. It doesn't matter. You don't need right, the NTP right. compatibility right. if you have everybody using it. And they still fit in a binary column in Postgres. Yep. And you and they're orderable, so you can say order by this, and it works because it's lex- they're lexically ordered because they're they're stored like Big Indian or wherever, and so they're they're still lexically ordered. You can sort them um, directly in the database. 
we have an Ecto adapter. So when it pulls it out of the database, it rips it back into like a, a struct version of the thing and et cetera. That was what I really liked about the logical clock is that I don't have to write anything special to sort it yep. like with a, with a vector clock. I mean, there's a lot of libraries that'll do it for you, but you, there's like special sorting to yeah. sort vector clocks. And with the hybrid logical clock, it's like, just sort this like you would any timestamp go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that, so all those things. And so at that point, they're really closer to like flake IDs. If you're familiar with that. I do not know what a flake ID is. A flake ID is a K sortable ID that can be created. Uh, what's the term I'm looking for without um, coordination. So each node okay. can, can build their own. They're only, phys- they're only physical time though. Okay. Right. And so it's a, it's very close to like a flake ID, but we get causal ish. It is, is like the, not the actual term, but it's like kind of ish causal ish. Okay. Yeah. I've, uh, I've done ordering something similar where I did a timestamp plus a machine ID plus mm-hmm. a process ID and then a counter. Yeah. And that worked really well. It didn't always get everything in order because we weren't trying to merge the clock like the hyperlogical yeah. clock. We were just using whatever the machine time says right. plus this and this and this. Right. Right, right, right. And that's the thing is when you're doing all this merging, you're mer- part of what you're merging is the physical time. Mm-hmm. And so that's the drift window thing. Like if all of a sudden you, you know, you, you drift outside of that, you, you're all of a sudden in an error state. So you have to find ways to reconcile that. But in any case, like I said, all this stuff lives on a, all these things live on like a spectrum of quote unquote correctness, right? Of, of like, of ordering guarantees. And we picked one that gets us close enough and is now unique. And we can use it as like an ID for, for all the things. So we just, we tag it all. We refer to them as content IDs. So every single thing gets a content ID. They're all HLCs. And then we're able to use those as a generic way to talk about any entity in the system. And they're unique because of your cryptographic yep. part. Yep. Because if you just in. do a regular HLC, sometimes you do have collisions where they're right. exactly the same. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we use the, and we, like I said, we use that as the final tiebreaker. But you could totally, if you had, and like the my friends who introduced me to all these things, this is what they did at their at a, at a thing that they were working on. They had, you know, iPads. And we're using them to tag stuff on an iPad and then sync it across the wire occasionally. And they use the MAC address of the iPad. Interesting. This the, is why the, I'm doing as this. As the node name. And so then you also, yeah, right. Exactly. So like that, and that works for them as long as they're like talking and kind of gossiping the the clocks around mm-hmm. uh, often enough, you get, you stay within the, the snapshot window. So. Um, which is like described in the paper. But in any case, that's the. The, the bigger thing to take away from this, right, is like, yeah, there's there's lots of interesting things about HLCs generally, and I think they're really cool. They're a very useful tool uh, in my experience. But and, and the real takeaway, though, is that like you need something. You need something like this at some level. That's why everybody has like a K-sortable ID library. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like why flake IDs exist. It's why people use flake IDs. It's why people use you know, the whatever segments case, case squid or case suit or whatever, like their case sortable, unique IDs or whatever. You lids. Um, yeah. You need stuff like that because ordering starts to matter and, you know, getting close is useful. Mm-hmm. Just being, sometimes you don't need like a total order. Like you don't need to know the entire spectrum of all events that have ever taken place in your system. Right. Um, sometimes you just get close and that's good enough. And as long as you can get like in the ballpark, you're like, sweet, that's, that solves my, my business problem. I can like solve the rest of it with emails. <laughs> yeah. I think if you know what events can cause others, 
on top of an HLC. It feels like a pretty mm-hmm. good alternative because I've run systems where like I'm I'm basically caching in memory up until I get an event that looks like it was slotted at the right time. And then I get rid of that cache where with the HLC plus that it shortens the number of events that I actually need to hold in my cache because I can say, Hey, these are in order. This event I know has a causer that I haven't seen yet. So I can hold on to it for just a really Mm -hmm. short period of time and should be good to go. And if I don't, then I know I need to maybe ask for like, Hey, I think I missed an event. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the other cool thing is you can push that all the way to the edge. Like you can push that the clock stuff all the way out to the edge of your system and then, Mm -hmm. and then have it like bring it back in. And that makes sense because like the clients that you're dealing with, I mean, they're part of your distributed system, right? Um, They're not dumb, right? They're, they're, they're loosely connected a lot of times and users just know that if they refresh, it'll probably fix it. But, (laughs) but they're connected. They are clients. They're clients of your distributed system. Thus they are, I mean, do people realize how smart like a lot of like the Postgres clients have to be to work? <laughs> like, you right. know what I mean? Like, do people like the clients part of the the thing? Even many web front ends are starting to be really smart and do a lot of a lot of things. And and I mean, that's good because you can take some power off your off your server and let the the other end maybe do some filtering or things that would be expensive. Which you know, actually, you talked about the other day on Intercept on a Phoenix channel is that mm-hmm. for every every message that goes out for every client connected intercept has to run where if you can do that right. on the front end and let the front end filter those out that's great as long as it's not right. a security issue <laughs> you don't right. be, because right, 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 right. that that's the thing about sending to the front end if they're passing their own clocks back you either have to trust their clocks or right. or ignore them <laughs> basically right. um, mm-hmm. and then you then you worry about message receive order you can add your own clock but right yeah, and then it's whoever gets to me first, basically. Yeah. Right, that, that's as much as we know at that point. Yeah. It's whoever I, gets to me first. Which, I mean, depending on your tolerances and, and your system, that's all things that you have to f- figure out yourself. And that's that's why you need to know the trade-offs, right? It's important to be clear-eyed about the trade-offs. And I think people are too squeamish about calling stuff garbage, like when it when it is. And like people don't acknowledge the trade-offs that exist, but also don't like live within them, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that HLCs have these problems, quote unquote problems. It's more like they have these limitations for what they're trying to do, but it's like, that's fine. You can totally live within that that choice. But you can't make a choice if you don't actually have data, right? Right. You can't make a choice if you just refuse to acknowledge that there are problems. So I don't know. I think people don't are not uh yeah, I think people aren't are like too squeamish about that mm-hmm. generally. Or they like or they spend all the time pontificating about all the various options that are out there as though that's helpful. And it's like, no, like have an opinion. <laughs> I I've, I've seen, <laughs> like I've seen also where nobody can agree which trade-off to actually take. And right. so you spend lots of time trying to figure out and complain about the corner cases of each individual thing, which I think is valuable to a point. But at some point, you might just need to make a decision. Yeah, and, and like our trade-offs are totally unique to Bleacher Report, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're shooting sports news on the internet, and we're letting people comment on it. Like it's come on, like right? 
you know, you can, you can, you don't have to be perfect for that. If you're trading on the stock market, you might get a little more complaints about order. Yeah. Even. I mean, if, if you're doing all kinds of stuff, right, who knows? Like you just change your business domain a little bit and then, yeah, your trade-offs might need to change mm-hmm. too. That's fine. That's, that's like, that's why it's called software engineering, supposedly. <laughs> if you want to call yourself an engineer, act freaking act like it. Like, <laughs> like, you know, do some math occasionally. Right. If you just, if you just, um, Type and don't make any real decisions. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you're not making conscious choices about that stuff, you're not really making a choice at all. You're just like plowing yep. forward. Yep. Moving fast and breaking things. So I don't know. I, um, but yeah, that's, that's the trade offs. Those are the things that you should be aware of. Otherwise, you know, I think so far they're, they're very useful tools. Definitely drawbacks or like constraints, but otherwise super useful. And go read the paper for hybridological clocks and implement your own just so you can, it's really easy. It's a good paper. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, yeah, they're not too bad. You need to, that's one of those that we talked about this last time, but it's one of those that kind of a little bit expects you to know some stuff already. They try to give you a little bit though, too, when they, they, it starts out with the brief history of time and they give you a little bit. They don't tell you all of the trade-offs, but they're like, here's kind of a high level what a Lamport clock mm-hmm. is here's a high level of vector clock. Here's yeah. what physical and they define time. HB. That's yep. important. Yep, yep. Happened so, before. Yeah. So you know they define some terms and stuff like that, but it is one that I think is speaking to an audience who they know already knows a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So, and there's so, not so, so much so, math you know, there you that, that you're like, I need to go retake linear algebra to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, for sure. And you know. You know, read it three times. <laughs> That's right. And and you'll be, you know, it'll be okay. What if I'm on like time six of reading it? I, I read it. That's like, fine too. I read it like a year ago and now I'm reading it That's again. That's fine too. <laughs> yeah. That's fine too. It's funny when I reread, I go back to the three again because I often am like, I don't remember if this is what I wanted or not. Right. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Like it sounds like the HLC is exactly what I'm after. Uh, I like the your idea of adding on some kind of like cryptographic signature or something just to just to give things another order. Mm-hmm. I'd like to figure out how to maybe use that as like a priority. Like this system, its events get priority over anybody else's. So adding that mm-hmm. to it would be interesting too. Yeah, you could probably, if you have a way to link that back to something, yeah, you could do that, yeah. essentially. I don't know. I might, my feeling on it is, like, keep it, keep that stuff, like, simple. Yep. Like, yep. keep the clocks as simple as possible, because they're clocks, they're just, like, IDs. And then layer that other, like, that sort of stuff on via other methodology. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to attach that to, like, a thing that a scheme that you I don't know what am I trying to say that seems like a conflating too many things I guess is maybe what I'm trying to say I can see that also losing that backwards compatibility with NTP can be can be a major drawback to piling stuff into it yeah for sure for sure cool but I don't know I think that's that's reasonable it's not that many more bytes you know what I mean so anyway so that's what I would uh yeah I think they're they're useful. Thanks. What else is going on in your world? Uh, not a lot. You know, Christmas is coming up. Um, have like a small Christmas party for people here. 
that that aren't already on vacation. We've got some people out. Binary Noggin's growing, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm happy. We hired that. somebody else. I hired somebody else. They start in January. That's awesome. And talking to some other people. So that's awesome. Trying trying to build a place where our conversations at work are a lot like the ones that you and I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel that. I yeah. I I like those and and uh generally just like that's what excites me about my work is mm-hmm. learning and growing. That's why I picked tech. It's cuz I knew it probably wasn't going to slow down. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't hasn't so far. Yep. And other than that, I don't have much. How about you? Anything exciting? Any good news? No. Nope. No. Quarantining, quarantining. Yep. Quarantining. Quarantining. That's pretty. Yeah, I've been thinking about going fishing. It's a good quarantine yeah. activity. Out by yeah, yourself. Just quarantining. Yep. Hope the kids are good. Wife's awesome. Kids are yeah. Kids are kids are okay. Everybody's we're just, you know, we're hanging in there. Just keeping on. Sounds good. Keeping on, keeping on. Well, I better get out. Not much to report. Huh? Nothing to report. Nothing to report. Well nothing nothing new. That's that's sometimes a good thing. All right. In the in this in these troubled times, no news is good news. <laughs> Truth, truth. I can't wait to put 2020 to bed, and hopefully 2021 oh will, will be better. Oh yes. I don't need to put me to bed. I don't need I'm, another year I'm, of this. I'm done. Yeah, no, I'm I'm cooked. I'm cooked through. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm crispy. I need an in-person conference. That's all I'm saying. Like I, I'm, dude. Even I want to go to a conference at this point. I'm gonna hug people that I don't know. Just so you know, it, next time that there is any sort of elixir conference that's in person. Everybody out there, if you don't want to get hugged by a random person, don't come because I'm hugging everybody, whether I know you or not. <laughs> uh, I am I am very ready for an in-person conference, which is not a thing I normally really say. Yeah. I am normally like, eh, I, I could just not go to this. I'm like ready to see. I was talking to Wojtek about this the other day. It's like, I am ready to see people. Yep. I'm sure I'm going to get there. And then after day one, I'm like, okay, I had enough. I'm good. I'm just gonna stay I'm in my good. room. I'm, I'm I'm topped up now. I'm topped up. The tank is the tank is full. I I'll tell you what. Uh, I, it doesn't have to be at a lazy river, but I'm ready for another lazy river comp too, where we just oh, sit around I'll tell and you talk. What. Yeah, that's the big thing. I just want to be able to sit around and and chat with people again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Well, I guess I'll see you in person when we can. But for now, I better get back to it. Yep. Yeah, same. Thanks, sir. All right. Have a good later, one. man. Bye.